0: Hi, this is Nancy Norton, and you're listening to Traumedy, the podcast that helps you take your pain and play with it. I'm a former nurse. I got out of nursing for the same reason a lot of people get into it, to save lives. I heal with humor now. I'm a comedian and a speaker about the power of humor. On Traumedy, we talk about some very sad, scary, and dark subjects sometimes, but we lift them into the light with laughter. Traumity is not a replacement for trauma therapy, but it may help you get by between sessions. This is peer-to-peer sharing. We learn from each other. I'm learning so much, and I want to thank each and every one of my guests and my listeners who often become guests. I hope this podcast is helping you heal at least half as much as it's helping me. We've suffered enough. Let's have some fun. Ah, And I always asked for this to be for the highest good. Welcome to Traumedy.
1: All right. Thank you for having me.
0: My guest this week is Steve Gillespie.
1: Hey. I've been starting to kind of uh, work with Steven. Sure. Steven. I
0: like that. Sure.
1: Yeah. I don't Steven.
0: Know. It does have a beat. I like the beat. Steven.
1: Steven Gillespie. Yeah. And there's a
0: lot of Steves.
1: Yeah. And Steve, I don't know what, uh, if to me, I don't know what happened. Maybe it's just my own self loathing, but it's like a doofus name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm opposite. Like, I want to drop the syllable at the end of my name because mine, you know, Nancy. Nancy. I don't know. I, I like Nance.
1: Nance is but good.
0: It, but Nance Norton sounds like Nance, Nance <laughs> Nan Snorton. Nance <laughs> Snorton. Oh, look. It's old Nance Snorton coming to the stage. You
1: would have to change your whole act. Are you, are you just feeling like it's like a Karen sort of
0: yeah. connotation
1: sort of? Or like it's too serious?
0: Somebody told me this about names that make you smile at the end of them. Like Nancy, mm. Kelly, you know, as opposed to a Rebecca or Rihanna. Okay. Like that name has taken more seriously Sarah. Okay. Versus a Nancy. Ah, all right. Nancy, yeah. you should be happy all the time. <laughs> and there's a song, Nancy with a smiling face. And I'm like, well, I don't want to smile today. Let me yeah. be, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, But you yeah. have a great voice. Uh, well, thank you. Did you say you have a podcast? Or? Uh,
1: Yeah, well, we haven't done it in a bit. I did have one called Comedy Mainline, and I did it with two other comedians. We would each come with a new idea every... Episode. So it was, it was kind of like loosely a writing sort of podcast where we're going to like help each other with bits. But
0: Comedy Mainline. Comedy
1: Mainline. We haven't put one out in about a year. So,
0: but they, but you know, hey, they're timeless. Yeah. It's, it's, it's out it. there.
1: Comedy Mainline. It's on like Spotify and all the, all the places you can get podcasts.
0: <laughs> yeah. I just want to hear your voice. I want you to do like a bedtime stories or something.
1: Really? I, uh, that's, I, you're the second person in the last few days that has mentioned that. I have a nice voice. Yeah, it's very. I never considered it.
0: It's soothing. Oh wow! It's soothing, and your spirit is as well. well just so you know,
1: really nice. Thank you. Yeah, it makes me feel good because I am uh, yeah. inner turmoil is definitely uh, it's in there. <laughs>
0: wow. So maybe what you you you're taking on all the turmoil and you're putting out all the calm. Maybe mm. you need to reverse engines on that.
1: That makes sense with the, with the way I grew up.
0: That you had to yeah. mask. You oh, had to yeah. be the one that grounded yeah, everybody.
1: Well, I mean, I thought I did anyway. Yeah, yeah. well to
0: make yourself safe and others, is yeah, that?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so.
0: Was it a lot of chaos? A lot from? of
1: chaos, yeah, a lot of chaos. Um I mean, you know, I, it, it, it has gotten better, but um yeah, I've just grew up around a lot of anger, a lot of explosive anger and
0: Oh, so scary.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I was the youngest until my half brother was born and then then I he was the youngest, but that wasn't until I was about 8.
0: Yeah, so being, yeah, you're pretty much, they say those formative years one through six, you were the baby of that family. But before we go into (laughs) the deepest, (laughs) darkest (laughs) trauma, which, by the way, I know, I came prepared. I'm all for it. (laughs) I just want to, I want to just introduce you from as a comedian. You're a comedian. I am. Your energy on stage is very, I mean, special. It's It's vulnerable. There's just so many jokes that, are uh, very visual, which I love, mm. and very vulnerable, which I also love. Yeah. And you're one of my new favorite people <laughs> because, and, no, and I don't say that to be like, you don't have to reciprocate. I <laughs> I seriously, like, I had a transformative experience at your show called The Dose, mm-hmm. a psychedelic comedy show in Denver yep. that is at New Conscious, K-N-E-W, Conscious. Mm -hmm. I think people can spell that on their own. (laughs) And I mean, I was, I was nervous because I'd only done, mostly I'd done psychedelics in therapy with a guide and stuff.
1: Which I think is amazing. (laughs) I mean, I think most of the people that I hang out with, at least in a recreational setting, or even the people that come to that show or perform on that show have not done that. You know, a lot of experienced people with, that have done a lot of psychedelics have not done it in that, in that uh, in that situation and and that's really cool that you've done that I think that's something that you can really bring to the table you know for the rest of us oh, okay. haven't had that opportunity to do that okay cool yeah.
0: that's good to hear because I definitely felt like I wanted to do basically trauma mm-hmm. I wanted to do that weaving that healing energy with the comedy and not that I think that is being done intuitively uh, and maybe unconsciously or maybe consciously I don't know I want to mm-hmm. speak for everybody. But it's definitely now very healing forward for me yeah. these days. And now keep in mind, you know, I'm in my 60s and I'm in a different place. Like I really am at this age trying to like before I die, <laughs> I'd like to do some good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I am. I'm not necessarily, I shouldn't say I'm not trying to get late. I definitely had a date there that night. Yeah, you and, did. Uh, in the, and we have grown closer yeah. Since that. Yeah. And I mean, I do, I have a new, I mean, I've, I i do not know what I'm going to say. I have a new boyfriend. Oh, that's
1: so exciting. Yeah. He I, I, was such a sweet guy too. It was really he, nice to meet he, him.
0: Thank you. It was cool. He, yeah. He's my, I he's mean,
1: my, anybody that's going to, you know, go to an event like that. Yeah. and and I mean I'm I'm just I'm going to make him an assumption that that's not something that he would normally would have gone to on his own I wouldn't have thought and to be open minded enough and to enjoy himself and and, and to also be with you and make you feel comfortable enough where you're not worrying about him that he's okay <laughs> you know what I mean and Well like, there
0: was a part of me that when I was on stage I thought well I think he's probably left by now because <laughs> I was saying some stuff that was not very appealing of a lover like that I have to do lamaze breathing to have sex
1: <laughs> yeah. I was
0: like hey yeah. so but I will say but being
1: that vulnerable in front of him I'm yeah at, that says a lot about that kind of person you know
0: right yeah. and you know I just realized transparency is my love language like that makes me feel so safe mm-hmm. if people are honest and transparent and I have found him to be that way yeah and really vulnerable with me and so oh man it's so refreshing it's new for no, me that's and, really cool thanks
1: a cool connection
0: and again, I mean, I just want to say that you like set like this whole thing. I just felt like also there was a bigger wheel turning mm-hmm. that was out of our control, but that we yeah. were honoring it. Like the fact that you're doing the show, you're, I feel like you're honoring some sort of calling that mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. part of your I feel like you're on a. You feel I just sense you're a healer based on some of the work you've done.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't I'm not sure, <laughs> but uh, I, I've definitely open to it. I'll say that. Um and I'm definitely interested in helping people, and definitely interested in, in doing more work with psychedelics in a um, non-traditional, more healing way, and also trying to merge. I guess what I'm trying to do with the show, and if just to give people, it is, it is the dose, uh, psychedelic comedy show, and it, what we, it, the whole idea is to set up uh, the perfect set and setting for both comedians and the audience to feel safe and comfortable enough to if they show, so choose to experiment with psychedelics in the setting and to have a comedy show and see what what comes of it. And um yeah, and that, that's kind of been my dream. I've been doing more and more stand up at these like big music festivals and psychedelic festivals and you know, it's fun to just do straight stand up, but really was like opening my eyes to like okay, I really want to take these Two worlds: the stand-up world and the world where people are doing psychedelics, and put those worlds together and just see what happens.
0: You know? Beautiful, I and mean, yeah. it was it was magical. Yeah, it really was. The cool. words I'm getting, and I got messages the next day from attendees, mm-hmm. and also connections with comedians that were there. It, w- it was transcendent. Yeah, I felt like there was a healing convergence, but I felt like there was a co-healing that happened for me and many people in that audience. Yeah, that night because I mean I heard from them and I'm meeting with some of them like mm. on a spiritual, mentoring level. I'm oh, just that's cool. Yeah, there's stuff changing around. Yeah,
1: that's really cool. And uh, and I think it was really interesting. You just said something that really caught me. It was that that th- there was another wheel turning. That we didn't have control of necessarily, not that we're trying to control it, but something that's something is happening that is outside of our grasp that we, like you said, need to acknowledge, but also not get in its way. Yeah, you know what I mean. Kind of just letting it happen. I mean, obviously, you got to keep people safe. That's key number one.
0: Yes. Um, and it felt very safe there. Yeah,
1: I would agree with that. And uh, and I, and that, that that's credit to Kurt Kurt um Kurt Redeker is the owner of the venue, and I and I do give him credit for that because, you know, it it just the nature of that club and business, it could be it could be easy for things to fall into maybe a negative space, and I think he's really good at, and they're really good at keeping. The right people in the right places, and and nurturing a kind of environment that people can feel comfortable doing those types of things.
0: There were so many variables that are I feel contributing to that safety too. Even the art, his art, when you walk in the the main hall, mm-hmm. that I feel like there's healing energy coming off those. Yeah, those they're because they have light and they're they kind of I don't know. There's something very
1: psychedelic. Very yeah.
0: psychedelic, but also I'm trying to look at how we are integral in with the wheel mm-hmm. you know, like the snowflake and the snowball rolling yeah, down the hill yeah yeah we were a part of it mm-hmm. and we can't really stop the big snowball yeah. but but we can be a part of it and help build it yeah and yeah. willingly yeah I think that's cool like kept expanding that's what I felt like we were expanding we're expanding consciousness and yeah. nothing new there yeah. I mean that's yeah. sort of what our souls I feel this is my my yeah. sense is that we came here to do that yeah expand consciousness in a fun way, and why not in a fun way? I've learned a shit ton from suffering, yeah. but I'm asking my higher power, may I please learn from delight now? Yeah, I like that. I like that. If we're willing to grow yeah. from delight, we don't have to get hit with the board yeah. or whatever.
1: That's one thing I ran into a lot when I when I I've done some work um facilitating, working as a facilitator at a psilocybin retreat in Jamaica. So people will come down and. People trying to deal with trauma, and or people that just want to experience what psilocybin is and about. So um, in a safe setting, in a safe setting, a beautiful setting on a beach resort in Jamaica. Woo, <laughs> with those <laughs>
0: clear blue water.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. <gasps> and that is one thing that, as a facilitator that I kind of was like running into and pushing um, a little bit, whereas where the people, you know, the, the people that ran this. This, um retreat were, fan, I mean they're fantastic people and they they really well knowledge with uh, know their way around the space um the psychedelic space so I give them tons of credit and they have you know therapists and stuff too there on staff and they're all wonderful um but I like what you said about the uh, healing with delight where they were uh, they're almost like so focused on like dealing with the trauma and the sadness and the crying and the, all that and then and then kind of like, not really um, acknowledging that there's a lot of funny happening. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you, as a comedian, you're yeah. seeing it. You're like, oh, if only. Yeah. If only you could laugh at the irony of these situations. Yeah, sometimes. that
1: well, yeah, that and, like, you know, they, they call mushrooms or psilocybin the great cosmic joker, you know? I mean, there's a... a, a oh,
0: I didn't know that. Yeah,
1: and I, I, have, I have found that to be the case. It's, it's, it's um, a very funny... <laughs> psychedelic experience and and like you said you see it can really show you the irony of things and there is a lot of joy in those trips there can be you yeah know? and um we can get so caught up in in our pain that we can forget i think sometimes that you know there's well, a lighter side of things
0: too and that's exactly <clears throat> what this is yeah. Tragedy is exactly the buoyancy of humor But it gives you, to me, it gives me the courage to, because I know I can, I know I'm going to bounce back up. So I'm like, I do want to dive down and, and, and touch in on those really dark places. I think it's most important healing work I do is to cry, really grieve that powerlessness of being a kid in a very scary environment or a very like, uh, environment that didn't attune with me or want, you know, like the isolation or whatever it is, the pain of, of mostly it's childhood stuff Mm -hmm. which keeps me as an adult child from being so reactive i was telling you on the stairwell probably not a good place to tell you (laughs) (laughs) i have some anger issues get down the stairs (laughs) but i (laughs) i have some i mean i have so much like i have my inner teenager she is virginia vengeance and so she protects me sometimes with like the rage or with a act out that is like sometimes i get so scared that i
1: and you think that's what it is? It's protection. It's you're trying to protect yourself. Yeah, it's a protection
0: yeah. thing. But yeah, yeah. now, if uh, the more I learn that, oh, I'm not going to die uh, if somebody doesn't hear me, or I'm not going to whatever. Mm. It's just help me. So I don't want to minimize the importance of, go- oh, yeah, of going not. to the dark. Mm. But 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 also, yeah, I think that would be a valuable part of the session. Was or maybe the next day, or part of the integration, because mm. m- with my psychedelic therapy, my therapist, we do a pre-session for an hour. Like what. What it, what is kind of up, but the medicine takes you where it takes you. Yeah, and then you do the medicine for six hours with her, mm. and uh, then maybe a week or so later you go back and integrate mm-hmm. everything and do yeah. a lot of journaling in the meantime.
1: Yeah, and I think obviously, I mean, it's a, a very important to do all of that and to be in the in the the shit we'll say.
0: <laughs> um, yeah,
1: but I you know, I just think that.
0: But you don't have to get stuck there.
1: Don't want to get stuck there, and I also think that, you know, there's a lot of playing with merging these psychedelic space with comedy and, and just kind of seeing what kind of healing can happen there, too, I think is also cool and important.
0: Yeah. yeah. Have, have yeah. you any, – anything come to your mind that some of your shit – that you play with, do you like that? I In, a, of some, in I'm,
1: a trip or uh, in, on stage uh, or both? Or? A
0: little bit of both, whatever. Like I, I guess what I what I love to show our listeners who are some are comedians, some are not, but just we. That's the whole point of this is like how to take your pain and play with it. Yeah. So we we do it naturally as comedians because yeah. we needed it, and most of us yeah. are very wounded children. Not all. Yeah.
1: And I don't even think I realized that I was doing it until well later on. You know, well yeah. into it. Yeah. And I really. You know, In my 20s, when I started doing stand up, I think I was very unconscious about most things, um, but most, you know, especially just about myself. You know, I was very much just in a conditioned mind, yeah. I was just running on that wheel, not <laughs> questioning it, you know, and just like, oh, well, the, I'm not, uh, this, I'm just upset, and this, I'm, I'm clearly, I'm mad because this person did this, and that's why, and I should be mad, I deserve to be mad, you yeah. Know?
0: The righteousness, the righteousness, yeah,
1: <laughs> and never really questioning or or looking at, you know, what's really happening underneath all of this. And that, that didn't come into my life until probably when I started doing I started doing psychedelics. It's probably when it really yeah, started to change for me.
0: Such a great teacher, the psychedelics. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, and a mirror, right? <clears throat> kind of that that reflective like, oh, <laughs> how am I like that?
1: Yeah, that's what, what I was. What am I
0: projecting out there? Yeah.
1: When people, you know, talk to me about people that don't understand psychedelics or haven't used them uh, or, you know, just I'm talking like some family members <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, who are skeptical, which I mean, you know, I don't blame them, but I think that that's the thing, you know, their, their worries are about addiction, you know? And I just, it's just a funny thing to, even consider what like a mushroom addiction would even look
0: like. <laughs> you know what really, I mean? that's funny. Yeah, who's addicted
1: out like taking a long, hard look at themselves?
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? you know, it's not. Oh man, yeah, it's not an
1: escape. It, no, it
0: is not. It's, it's not. It is escape. the absolute opposite. Yeah. Absolute opposite of an escape. Yeah. And it and it's not the kind of navel gazing or whatever people talk about, where you're almost looking at yourself through your protector's eyes mm. versus whoa like it's yeah. yeah it's not yeah you're right I that is a funny concept get yeah. addicted to psychedelics yeah
1: i mean some <sighs> of the other stuff like maybe like acid just because there's so much speed in it and like you know mdma i can you know i could i could see that maybe being some like addiction issues there but certainly with mushrooms i i would be yeah shocked to see what <laughs> that yeah. would really look like If
0: anybody out there would like to share about mushroom addiction. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Unless you already have addiction issues on top of it, you know, like maybe, I don't know. But But
0: actually they're showing that it helps with addiction. Yeah, Like it helps people not be addicted. It is one of the things that even Bill W. from Alcoholics Anonymous, as I understand it, and I'll I'll try and cite this in the show notes, Mm. I believe I was told this I'm an RL learner so I have to go back and find I'll find the I'll find the article mm. but he definitely was helped by psychedelics yeah and supported that and then somehow that got whitewashed out of of AA because of it's a drug yeah, and yeah. that whole thing where it's like in this column that is very rigid that these are drugs yeah. and I do have friends in recovery from many th- narcotics and cocaine and different things. Um, cocaine's not a narcotic, right? Narcotics make you sleepy. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know the, I'll edit this part out.
1: I think the police considered it a narcotic.
0: <laughs> is it? I don't know what the... Okay, but schedule anyway... Schedule one. Schedule, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, the point of it is, like, he's definitely not open to doing MDMA or hmm. psychedelic therapy because he's, he's, I think, terrified of the slippery slope of addiction. Sure. So, sure. I respect it. It's just... Yeah. Anyway, where are we? I so Sorry. family members that don't like I also feel like this is the the thing you have to be we have to be savvy too. I'm in my family the black sheep or the scapegoat mm-hmm. and so they like to vilify behaviors that I have and also talk about how scary it is.
1: Scary ants.
0: Very scary <laughs> ants. I know. And I'm so, I mean, very, I'm a Virgo. I'm grounded. Yeah. You know, I make my payments on time. I have yeah. great credit
1: We are, we are, I, we are, we are the same. <laughs> people in that way it's like you family are... i'm very much the black sheep i'm very much i've always been like oh what's he doing now oh what's he wearing <laughs> that's the thing <laughs> that they're always obsessed with my outfits and uh he's got
0: on those festival pants
1: yeah yeah and um they look way
0: too comfortable yeah
1: and then and, and i feel like i've been in sort of an agent for well they're, the black I've, you know i've done some Research into this stuff about black sheep's and like what it really is is like you are kind of the one that's, you know, the, so the generational trauma just keeps coming and keeps it's just like a wheel that keeps spinning and the black sheep's come around and they're the ones that kind of put the stick in the wheel. Yeah, and that could obviously is very disruptive.
0: We start with those. Remember when you put cards on your spokes as a kid? Yeah, that's how we start. <laughs> yeah. We start with just a little chatter. Yeah, like we're yeah. just like, yeah. listen, yeah. hey, yeah. stuff's going on. Yeah, and then yeah. they're like. That, you're making too much noise. Yeah, yeah. you're you you're uh, wobbling the bicycle, the family bicycle. Exactly. And then and, and
1: then you learn how to jam a stick in that <laughs> bicycle, and flip everybody it. flips over, and, and it can it causes a lot of chaos. But within that chaos, you know, we're we're kind of putting the mirror up to everybody else and showing, like, hey, like there's some patterns within this family structure that are destructive, and like, yeah, we need to stop these. You know.
0: Yeah, and if they're not willing to, so like in my family, you know, I say I'm the fourth of three that were wanted. But the point is <laughs> yes I will do that joke every episode <laughs> but the point is that that they have decided it's not anything wrong with this vehicle it is you nance yeah and yeah. that's why I live in another state the rest of them all live back in the ozarks mm-hmm. and they're sort of a force you know they I've been invited back for christmas mm-hmm. and what I do is I have to focus on what we do have in common and yeah. they are, they're great in a crisis. My family will help you in a crisis. Mm. I mean, I do feel like we would each probably give a kidney to the other one, mm-hmm. except maybe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, would I give a kidney to? F-? I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, definitely not a liver. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to waste my liver. <laughs> I'll have to edit this out. I'm not going to waste my liver on. Uh, But, you know, and like, he'll say things at a gathering while he's drunk that, he believes, he's like, well, there's reality. And then there's Nancy's reality.
1: Yeah, And yeah. it's like to
0: belittle me, like mm. I'm here telling truth and you're trying to make, I'm the liar yeah. and you're telling me that bef- behind your mm. alcohol and you've had to stuff your feelings and yeah. this whole family should just stuff their feelings. We're all married to alcohol. We either are alcoholics or married to alcoholics and Oof. that's our plan, man. That's how yeah. we, that's how this generational trauma works. Mm. And then when you're the one that's like, I'm here to say, I'm not bringing this forward and pushing it back up the chain. Yeah. Well, then that's why you see them once a year at Christmas and try not to ruin Christmas for everyone. Yeah.
1: (laughs) You know, I love my family. It's not that I I don't even consider them like there's anything wrong with them necessarily. I just think that we're caught in conditioned mind is how I would describe it. You know, we're caught in our conditioning and there's an unawareness and... An unconsciousness are surrounding it. And it's interesting to me that like, even though they're wonderful people, every time I have to do like a family event, it is like jarring. Yes. Constricting, <sighs> jarring. Yeah. You have to and, pull back. Yeah. Really?
0: I, okay. I'm projecting.
1: Your truth is, is just as important as anyone else's. So, but yeah, I just, it, it's interesting to, to put yourself in a situation where it's your loved ones, but you are. I mean, I was just so uncomfortable, and it's weird. I mean, they come and see me do stand up, and yeah. they, they've become supportive of what I'm doing, and all oh, that. That's really great. So, you know, it's just it's 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 a weird thing. <laughs> I think it says a lot, too. Yeah. You know, when you feel so constricted.
0: Yeah, yeah. I know. I think it's just good to witness it in yourself and know what you're doing and making that agreement consciously too because I just know like, okay, my sister has definitely, she set rules in her house. I never want to hear you talk about mom being a narcissist again in my home. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that is her boundary. And I, and I heard something on, you know, I learn a lot on TikTok. yeah. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I saw this TikTok yeah. and I thought it said this, it said people set boundaries not to, not to keep you out of their lives, but to keep you in it. Mm. And so I'm like, okay, she wants me in her life, but she can't, she doesn't want to look at that and I, or or it's not her experience. Also, every child has a different experience with their parents and that, and with their whole family is like, okay, that is her boundary in her home and she is hosting Christmas. Mm -hmm. I just need to like, it's just been a long life, lifelong learning experience for me because I love, I love speaking truth and I feel like it's a gift yeah, I love, to me, I, I love truth. And I know there's times it hurts me that when I get reflected, because mm. I can be an asshole and people will tell me mm. I'm like, ouch, <laughs> you know, I, Nancy asshole, man's <laughs> <laughs> <Nance> hole. <laughs> I'm just a big old Nance hole out here. And I well, get, we, you know, we I, all messed I, up. so I have to kind of like get into the cookie cutter when I go in the door. Like I got to walk through that gingerbread man. Yeah. Shape, like I am. And I mean, there's things they can do, and things like I've learned over the years, like took' them ten years to accept that I don't want meat on my plate. Wow. My dad took my dad because that's his love language is offering the bounty
1: sure no yeah, that's interesting i uh had issues with diet too when I was growing up because of I was a distant I was really into distance running i don't know that's what I was into and, yeah. uh so a lot of my family uh, would be you know, you're not eating enough. You're too skinny. You're, you know, it's like, I grew up in Wisconsin. It's like, I used to a joke about this, like in Wisconsin, like every restaurant's a prime rib buffet, every single restaurant. <laughs> it if is. you don't eat three plates of prime rib as a, like a 13 year old, then like adult women will call you gay. Like that, like that's how I grew up around <laughs> that. And like,
0: Adult women. Yeah. I love and, that line too. <laughs> There's nothing about an adult it's woman true. <laughs> calling you gay.
1: Yeah. Cause you're not, you know, eating yourself into diabetes and, and like I, you know, people really be giving me a hard time in my family about, you know, like we would have these big meals and I'd be like, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm focusing on trying to eat healthier. And, um, and it was all in my, for me, it was all just performance based. I wanted to run faster. Yeah. And, um, you know, I ran 4.11 in the mile in college. Wow, and like,
0: wow, so, woo!
1: Like I, I got to tell
0: you, I'm excited because, you know, I'm a runner. I don't know if you know that's why I, I moved to Boulder, that. but I wasn't anything like a 4.11. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it yeah. was my life for a decade. Oh, of, cool. Uh, my, my ex-husband taught me well, It's an addiction it. in itself. It is, but yeah. it's a, I think of the addictions, it's a good one sure. because, man... You get those endogenous morphine. You're not doing opiates. You're doing, your body makes opiates. Yeah. And you're getting endogenous morphine when you run. And it's meditation too. And you get the runners high Mm -hmm. and it is meditative Mm -hmm. and it is a lot of introspective time. And it also helps you like feel that sense of self-containment. Like I can go out and run 20 miles. Yeah. If I run out of gas, I can get somewhere, you know, like I can get, I, I can get. Where I need to go, so you ran four eleven. Let me just crush on you a little bit. Oh <laughs> my college, god! In college, this is a long time ago. No, but seriously, yeah. a four eleven. Yeah, I ran track in college. That's like world class. Well,
1: I wasn't world. I mean, I okay, know, maybe I, I if, took like six that nationals. <sighs> so six
0: that, cool. that nationals.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: dude. So,
1: but then my point is like, like they'd be like getting on me about well, you're not, you're not being healthy, you're not eating healthy, and I'm like, I just. How, that is
0: not possible. I am the sixth. <laughs> I am the sixth yeah. fastest person in the United States. <laughs> <So> bad. <laughs> Where were we before I rudely I interrupted know. us? But uh, I was
1: thinking about something you. I came across on a Ram Dass podcast.
0: Yay! Or, uh, I love Ram Dass. We oh were
1: talking God. about. We were talking about that the trauma and like profound moments of suffering. It's something he talks about a lot. Is uh, suffering is grace. Uh, suffering is God's grace and that suffering is a tool for just can be so much growth and like opening your heart and absolutely true being open to other people suffering and helping people so suffering can be grace it can be a tool and absolutely um, people who are facing profound suffering and have been through this stuff have a way in which they are open to truth in which people that think that they are winning in life just are not open to it
0: it's an inverse relationship isn't it yeah sort of a counterintuitive thing yeah wait say that last part again people that are not open to stuff so people who
1: have faced profound moments of suffering in their life have a way in which they are open to truth in a way that people (sighs) who have not had that just don't And I think, uh, you know, and I think most people are suffering it's just whether or not you're conscious of it or not. And I think growing (laughs) up in the way we grew up in the Midwest, um, where you're just shoving your suffering down, you're just drinking it away or compartmentalizing, compartmentalizing not talking about it or like, oh, I can't be weak. I can't be seen as weak.
0: Right. Uh, That thing. And that whole, your vulnerability is your strength piece that they're missing that's why I have Yeah, that. that's
1: a good way to put it. Your vulnerability and your your <laughs> openness to your own suffering is actually a strength. hmm Yeah. <sighs> and
0: where that's when, why. Where it's like
1: beaten out of us as a kid, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like where, well, where it was like, don't, you know, don't show emotion. don't, you know, if you do have, if you do show a vulnerability, then there's something wrong with you. And I think that's, is not good.
0: Well, and this is where I've actually came to this thing where wisdom is a dynamic thing. So what is wise is at this situation is not wise in that situation. So think about survival. Like this is what I'm learning from my recovery work is that they're mostly our survival traits and Mm. animals don't like, they don't show, they don't like to show their weakness Mm. for survival. Mm. They don't want to look that vulnerable, Mm. but we at this time where we are in our evolution and where we are in, in our lives, like we're not in, like I was thinking this, like we're not in Ukraine, yeah. even though that's coexisting with us, yeah. but there are people there that can't show their, I mean, this is survival level mm-hmm. shit. And yeah. our, and, and we're only one generation away from that hardcore farmer survival mentality or For pioneers, sure. you know, yeah. that was not very long ago. So I kind of see it. I've been, this has been really hitting me lately is there is no one, there's no thing that is wise. It is, is it wise now? Okay, I feel. Is you. it wise for me now? Yeah. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah, I feel that. I feel
0: so that. I think that the thing that psychedelics are teaching us that we are one with everything, and that consciousness. In my experience, we, we go like you can't. I looked in the mirror during my psychedelic therapy and I was like, you can't touch this. Like there's nothing that can hurt this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, no, I don't need to be afraid. It's yeah. just the ego is when we buy in hundred percent to this incarnation, yeah. it's like clinging to existence yeah. in this way. But anyway, so when we're in this, like knowing like, okay, for sure. My life force, listen, you put a pillow on my face right now. I'm going to, I'm going to fight you. Yeah. I'm going to try, but I'm this. another part of me is like, well, if I die, I I can jump out of this body. Yeah. And a lot of my friends are survivors of near death experiences.
1: Because yeah, of, I think it's cool that the the whole idea of that, you know, we are made up of something that isn't born and can't die. Mm. You know, which is pretty cool.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. That was so succinct.
1: Yeah, yeah. It is
0: so succinct.
1: Well, well I mean, I'm, you know, just basically regurgitating Ram Dass but that's fine. <laughs> well, and
0: Ram Dass is regurgitating what mm-hmm. it, the isness. And you have this knowing in you. I don't know. I feel like when you hear Ram Dass articulate it, you already knew that. Like yeah. it, it just resonates. Yeah. It goes, "Okay, yeah. I knew that, but yeah. now I know it." It's so fun to know it with others. Like when that's what we're doing here. Articulating articulating what people already know. Yeah. If they have a sense of humor, that humor is one of those I think higher power languages, I mean, anything that's creative, mm. it's creativity. It's the creator. It's we are one with the creator. Yeah. We are. I love Ram Dass's line. Are you connecting with the manifested or the victim energy? Or are you connecting with the manifester or that mm. which is the creator inside you? Yeah, I do like that. I know. So that can shift me out of my victim energy if I just start creating. Yeah. Like, okay, acknowledge it. We're not denying it.
1: Ooh, that's something I want really to talk to you about. Okay. Yeah. So I've been thinking a lot about, um, yeah, this whole idea of like, so I, I came, I don't remember who it was, but somebody I came across to you is, uh, some sort of, you know, spiritual thinker on the internet. And <laughs> <laughs> um, he was saying that talking about, you can either, you know, we, people, when you suffer, when you go through something traumatic, when someone hurts you, um, that there's a choice that can be made, isn't it? You can either be someone who was victimized or you can be somebody that's wise. Mm. So, and I don't mean to, you know, I don't want to diminish anybody's pain or trauma or anything like that. I mean, obviously just things, processes that have to go through to get to that point. But it is definitely in my own life and seen people who identify heavily with their trauma. They identify heavily with their victimhood. And like, that's a trap too, I think, yeah, you know? Yeah. And,
0: but I want to differentiate between being victimized and being a victim. Like, okay. I feel like you can either, yeah, f- I mean, I would like to add to that. Just yeah. a yes and kind of moment here. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like, yes, we have been victimized in our lives, but that doesn't that doesn't mean we are a victim. Mm-hmm. I mean, people have, I don't know what, vi- maybe we need to define victimized. I don't know. But yeah. it's just, I'd rather, like, the noun versus, the, I mean, versus the verb. Like somebody hurt you, we've been, we've been hurt, uh, and sometimes, like especially when you're a kid, and it's to me, there's a clear power discrepancy there. I don't know, but mm. I don't know if we need the word victimized or not. I'm, I'm trying to find. Is there a better word? Yeah, wounded, the wounded wise.
1: Yeah, <laughs> my yeah the, yeah
0: the guy, <laughs> the guy I went to the, uh, well the guy that I'm seeing now is, uh, in, of indigenous descent, mm. and so we've been looking into his indigenous, uh, ancestor, you know, what's, you know, connecting. And he called me, um, uh, he gave me like an, you know, I'm very white, so it's okay that he said it right. He said, (laughs) laughs with wounds (laughs) that's my name that's good that's like my that's my given name from him that's
1: cool I like that laughs with wounds I like that (laughs) but I feel like what you've been trying to do and what you're even doing with this podcast is like you're taking that wound you're taking that energy and you're trying to turn it into wisdom and push that wisdom out to other people which I think is powerful Wow. instead of sitting back and being like oh you know I all these things happen to me and I'm basically giving up and like I, I you know I can't yeah. overcome this stuff. And, I, and it makes me think about like, okay, so what what is a really powerful way to transform your trauma and your, we'll just call it victimhood for now, Cause we haven't figured out <laughs> your,
0: injury. Your, your injury. How about your injury?
1: Your wound. Yeah. Yeah. Transformat- I like the word
0: wound and I like the word injury or. yeah, Cause
1: victimhood just has a very negative connotation. You're to right. it. like It's almost your fault that you're like, you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. And it definitely, like if my mother's the perpetrator mm-hmm. then, but she's also, she was victimized. It's generational trauma. So
1: it's, all, it's one big wound. So
0: yeah. Okay. Well maybe yeah. we just need to go back to the word trauma. I mean, that would be succinct for the traumedy. Yeah. Okay. So
1: transferring Thanks. your transforming your trauma into wisdom and thinking about that and like how much does forgiveness play a part in this <sighs> and that's something that has been really interesting to me because i went through some pretty serious stuff when i was a kid I, um some molestation stuff was happening and um I mean, ram das is really and the psychedelics as well has really kind of put me in this place of like well if we're all one which i i'm finding to be more and more true with myself is that we are all one consciousness. And it's, God, there's this beautiful poem that Ram Dass has read about this guy, this guy who's wrote it. It was basically a poem, is like, I am the little girl who was raped by 10 soldiers. I am one of the soldiers. I am the frog that was whatever. It's just like I, yes. this different thing. All these I have. Basically th- the same. I have those truth chills. I, you know, I was molested, but there's also a part of me that is the molester, right? Um, (sighs) And so I feel like that a big part of transforming wounds and trauma is forgiveness. And what does that look like? What does that mean? How is that? How how is that done in a healthy way? Can you force forgiveness? Can you, <laughs> That's yeah. another
0: podcast. Welcome to force forgiveness. Yeah, yeah. It feels like a Monty Python sketch. You've yeah. got, you've got, forgive her. Forgive. Oh, we're going to poke you yeah. with a soft cushion. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Your and, arm is behind your back. Yeah. Forgive her now. Yeah.
1: And, <laughs> I, and I don't feel like you can't like, it's not something you'd be like, okay, I forgive you. I can say it. You could say it all day long, but yeah. like, So you get to that point when you really, really forgive somebody (sighs) and then you get to the point where like, I feel like I've gotten to this point with the person that did those things to me is that now I, like I'm carrying like a, I feel bad for that person. I feel (laughs) like, man, like he was almost more of a victim than I was in a lot of ways and like Mm -hmm. have pity you know, and he
0: has to live with himself. He has to
1: live with that, and yeah. I mean, he's in prison. He's and he's, you know, like can't imagine that it's good.
0: No, uh, right? So. And that and that is an amazing, empowering position for you because I think so. It's not in denial. This happened. It hurt you. Mm-hmm. It was very hurtful, and it reduced you. You know, in a way that's very like in that moment, in that dynamic, mm-hmm. to be <clears throat> used. You know, in a way that. He offloaded his trauma on you. That's kind of what my mother did, and it's we we know that's human nature. We see the cycle of abuse where people don't want to feel the disempowerment, so they they identify with the abuser and they they become the abuser. And I mean, I'm not a psychologist, but this is kind of a common yeah thing. But I man, I agree with you. I feel I do in my in my higher self moments when I am in that oneness I definitely feel bad for my mother like mm. some of the stuff that uh you know and that and how much energy it takes if they are in denial or even like you know people that have hurt me that didn't deny that mm-hmm. like that takes a lot of your life force you're speaking
1: you're, you're speaking about them yeah they to, to deny it to yeah. deny it yeah or yeah. even I
0: guess for us too if we deny it too there's a part of us that I just feel it takes a lot of energy. We don't realize how much energy is spent on denial. That It takes a lot. I mean, that, things that you could be doing, being creative.
1: Mm-hmm. That, again, is
0: about Ram Dass. Are you identifying with the manifested, that which has already happened? Are, are you identifying with yourself as one with the creator?
1: So, I, Just so I understand it. So are you, are you identifying with what, which, with what has already manifested, or are you identifying with the manifestor? Yes. Is that the idea? That's it. I love it. Yeah. That's cool.
0: Yeah. It's a shift.
1: Yeah. That's really cool. And it doesn't, I mean, it's a whole like, you know, it's, it just comes down to being here now. I mean, right. It's what it always, always kind of comes down to that where it's like, are you in this moment Yeah. or are you still stuck in the trauma of the past? Right. Which is tricky, right? Because it's like, you can't, there's a fine line between, okay, I'm going to be here now. I'm just (laughs) going to shove all that away. Right. Because that's not healthy either. Like that's not going to do you any good, but there has to be a point where you just, you have to move on. Right. I mean, I don't know. I, I just, that, that's what I struggle with. With I, all I, of this is like, okay, I don't want to be oblivious and unconscious to things that, you know, have shaped me in maybe a negative way, but I also don't want to sit here and dwell on it. So it's like, okay, so let's get to the wisdom part.
0: <laughs> let's yeah. find
1: the wisdom right. and to learn from what happened and then, carry on
0: and probably most people out there feel this way do would you want to be anyone else this is the thing we we don't wish this on anyone we don't want to experience it again Mm -hmm. we don't need to my mentor she was uh she was attacked by her ex uh, who almost killed her like she she had a near death experience but she calls it the beautiful gift in the ugly box
1: ah yeah
0: i can't say that enough
1: yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's like, it kind of comes down to or what I'm hearing is like, you know, it's the, it's the karma running off. You're just running off karma. And like, and is it
0: karma or is it like, <clears throat> did I come into this incarnation? Cause this is what I kind of think. I came in and we don't know how hard it was going to be. Like, I feel like I made, we make agreements and then the roller coaster bar clicks down on this lifetime <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, oh, you agreed to this. <laughs> you signed up for all of this. <laughs> yeah. And like, oh, yeah. I can't stop. I, yeah. I changed yeah. my mind. Yeah. Yeah. But you're the in Ferris
1: it. Ferris wheel chairs is rocking <laughs> way too much. Yeah, yeah, it's a
0: double Ferris wheel. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's that not-
1: you're stuck at the very top. Yeah. you are like Yeah.
0: And that's yeah. the and I like that image you had earlier. We talked about the big wheel of turn-in, and then there's the other wheels. And then I'm sort of picturing this clock of the gear. You know how those wheel, those gears that, but some are horizontal and some are, yeah, pretty, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know how the gears interplay. Yeah. Like these, all these wheels are
1: interplaying yeah. like a,
0: like, cogs in a clock. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think we've answered the meaning of life pretty <laughs> <just> <laughs> yeah. simply here. Yeah. Did you find the poem? I don't know if I did. Oh, here it is. Okay.
1: All right. It's very long, so is I don't know if I'm gonna read the whole thing, but okay. I still arrive. In order to laugh and cry, in order to fear and to hope, the rhythm of my heart is the birth and death of all that are alive. I am the mayfly, monophyrot, meta, oh, this is a tough word, metamorphosizing in the surface of the river. I am also the bird which, when the spring comes, arrives in time to eat the mayfly. I am the frog swimming happily in the clear water of a pond. I am also the grass snake who, approaching in silence, feeds itself on the frog. I am the child in Uganda, all skin and bones, my legs as thin as bamboo sticks. I am also the merchant of arms selling deadly weapons to Uganda. I am the 12-year-old girl refugee on a small boat who throws herself into the ocean after being raped by a sea pirate. I am also the pirate, my heart not yet capable of seeing and loving. I am the member of the Politburo. With plenty of power in my hand, I am also the man who has to pay his debt of blood to my people, dying slowly in a forced labor camp. My joy is like the spring, so warm it makes flowers bloom in all walks of life. My pain is like a river of tears, so full it fills up all four oceans. Please call me by my correct names, so that I can hear all my cries and all my laughs at once, so I can see that my joy and my pain are all but
0: one. Oh, that's Thich Nhat Hanh. Thich Nhat Hanh, yeah. Thank you. I will put a link to that in the show notes. Oh, that's powerful, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Like that, it's so transcendent. It just, that softens all, like that's the forgiveness of genuine we are one and we're playing all these different roles.
1: Something that scares me within the psychedelic world is all of this like, Kind of spiritual bypassing and a lot of like, oh no, I have the answers. I'm a guru. I'm a facilitator that is understands deeply this space, and I'm going to show you the answers. Uh And that there's a lot of that going on, and that that is scary to me. Yeah, Yeah. and I'm very weary of any sort of psychedelic guru type. That's right. Absolutely, very weary of that. And um, yeah, it's more to me. It's more as a journey. And like, if I'm yeah. facilitating, I can I can be with you on this journey. That's your journey, and you know, I can offer maybe some some reflection, yeah, and help you piece through um, some of the things that you're experiencing and how to maybe use that in a positive way in your life. But I do not have answers for you. <laughs> I do not have answers for you.
0: I to, this is something I need to hear too, because there's a part of me, like I said, I was like holding this heart like i could, i don't know i gather the love of the universe and i feel like it's okay to share tools mm-hmm. like here's a tool that helps me take it or leave it kind of thing exactly and then this is what i have to work on too cuz even in my 12 step work there was a chapter that said don't like te- you know do these like testimonials to miracles and i'm like ooh so people really like to discover their own miracles yeah so i need to like i've had some experiences i do like Oh, it's really tricky like saying okay i've had these things with hawks that are coming you know As, <laughs> but it, i love what hearing. do
1: you, what are they what do you mean i'm curious these mm. hawks <laughs>
0: well,
1: it's okay well <laughs> like
0: when i finished the 12th step of my recovery work i was mm. in my hammock out here and i was reading the line as a result of working these steps you will experience a spiritual awakening mm. And at that moment, see, I'm doing what I'm not supposed to be doing. This it's is why. Okay. <laughs> but a hot came right over my hammock, yeah. and I felt. And so this is where I'm talking to the universe. I felt like these little goosebumps, like they're almost like wings. Yeah. But I was like, okay, it's like an affirmation that higher power is around, mm. and always. But I somehow I'm getting all these confirmations over yeah. and over. I okay, mean, what's wrong with that? I guess nothing. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just sharing. The problem is, I, I think the
1: problem <laughs> becomes is when you're like. I'm the one that's getting these, me. <laughs> so you should listen to what I have to <laughs> yeah, say. and okay. i That's the problem.
0: It's okay to share. Yeah. Like that. Absolutely. This was, I mean, it's been such a confirmation over and over. I can't even tell yeah. you the hawks that come at different weird times when I'm in this moment of questioning yeah. things. And they're just like, there's like a flyby. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, all right. But thank you're a you. higher
1: power. And that hawk's a higher power. I'm a higher power. Yeah. We, we're all, this is like, I think it's when, um,
0: It's when when
1: you start saying that you are God and other people aren't. That's when the problem becomes.
0: That's it. It,
1: But if you're uh, saying everyone's God, you're fine. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's my experience that we all are. And that's what I, I just noticed that night. Like I felt that energy of people wanting like that, that I held something. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't. I am telling you, if you saw, if you see amazing, you can't see amazing unless you're amazing. Yeah. We are sharing. Yeah. Like we're seeing each other.
1: Yeah. We're seeing the amazement. You've just figured out how you've gotten good at reflecting it. Yeah. And sharing it. That's what people are drawn to. And that, which is really cool. Yeah. I mean, and if you can keep it in that space, then I think that you're. You're good, and uh, maybe five years down the road,
0: (laughs) see when I have this.
1: She's got her own cult, and
0: (laughs) (laughs) they're doing. They're out here mowing my yard. growing my garden like more vegetables <laughs> these are unsatisfactory peas i mean yeah when i start like use yeah. it because i do have some friends that were in it i'll a, keep, I'll in keep a an cult. eye on you <laughs> okay thank you will you be my <laughs> spiritual accountability buddy <laughs> yeah all right yeah maybe I could, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, <that laughs> maybe. Definite, i'll do my best That's right. well you know it's a lot to handle
1: yeah <laughs> um do you remember ram das talking about his brother and how his brother was put in a like a psycho psychiatric psychiatric facility.
0: I, I don't recall
1: because his brother was claiming that he was the, the the new Christ. Okay. And so then they put him in a facility, and he went. And this is when Ram Das was at the height of his own spiritual journey. He had been in India, and he had been working with uh, Mata and he was considered. You know, people were considering him a very high being and a very, he was, came to the psych, the psych ward full, like robe, holy man. (laughs) Yeah. And he goes in to speak to his brother and his brother's like, I don't understand. Like you're sitting here, I'm dressed as a normal person and I'm just saying that I am God. And you're sitting here and you, and they put me in here and you're sitting out there and you're saying that you're God and you're dressed as a holy man. Why am I in here and why are you out there? And, and Ram Das is like, well, the difference is because I'm not telling everyone else that they're not God.
0: Yeah. I'm telling
1: everybody that everyone's God, including me. Yeah. Where, so the problem is, is when you start saying that, no, you're the God, you're the one, you know, the only one. That's,
0: that's, that's one that's ego driven and. Yeah. Yep. I get that. That is a because really, now
1: you're like shutting it all off, right? You're like, yeah, yeah
0: so, and it's that any time that you're othering, you know, that mm. I feel there's a yeah. Indi- yeah indicative of a problem of sorts there. Yeah, that's yeah. tricky though. But then, yeah, it's a paradox. Did, it is a paradox, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. then Ram Das was sort of othering himself from his brother, a little bit. I'm so. Isn't that wild that his brother was having that experience? Like it's almost like his brother was embodying all ego and he's embodying all spirit and they they like their souls were doing this yeah. dance yeah. like they were the yin yang of that yeah yeah like maybe they i don't know that's interesting i love that thanks for sharing that yeah. anything you want to share uh comedy wise as far as like oh, a joke or gosh. a bit or anything that that helps like when i think about and this is you don't have to this has been so insightful and beautiful and you don't have to earn your keep here with a <laughs> with a joke. You don't have to earn it. You didn't just, make me laugh one time. <laughs> but I'm just saying, is there anything that like, is an example of a time where, okay, here is a, here's a bit that I do that had some heavy, like it was an injurious thing mm. that I've, now I've taken it and I've made it into this beautiful mm. art of comedy.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot. of I mean, I think all of it. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of it, I mean, almost all of it really is that in a lot of ways, like, um, I, I had a decent bits about, um, I lost half of my hearing when I was born and that was like a really traumatic thing or as far as like, I was made fun of all the time and like put in like special classes cause they thought that I was, you know, basically dumb or whatever, but I just couldn't hear. And my mother, my poor mother who I love dearly, she, um, didn't want me to get, she, when I was a kid, she was like young you know, too young to know better. She was like, well, I don't want you to have hearing aids because back then hearing aids were like big things, you know, like they were very noticeable, very noticeable. So she was worried that I was going to get, you know, bullied. So she wouldn't let me get hearing aids. Wow. (laughs) I know. And then I, and then, you know, so now I'm, I'm going through all of this, you know, my parent, my family life is very destabilized. There's a divorce, there's abuse going on outside of the family, but the sexual abuse was outside the family, but stuff was going on and, and, um, you know, I couldn't hear in class. And so now I was diagnosed with all that going on. I was diagnosed with ADDHD and put on Ritalin when I was yeah. <laughs> like 10 years old or even younger, I think at the time. So now I'm just going to put on speed and yeah. And I, these are all just kind of, com- you know, yeah. concepts in my act that I talk about yeah. throughout the years. And it's about having, you know, just being deaf and, and like my mom worried about me being bullied so now I just can't hear in class and so everyone just calls me gay anyway <laughs> yeah and so. feeling
0: and when you're really bright and you have a disability that per-
1: supposed a disability well, well a disability that's not with the that, ears. yeah right
0: yeah, yeah. like disability is or real' a neurodivergent if that is a, yeah I mean like my my eye thing I don't know I just couldn't I didn't have I couldn't read well. But so
1: you had that even as a young child.
0: Oh uh, yeah. My mom said I was born cross-eyed, but then I found pictures of me as an infant and I wasn't. Uh, so I think that something happened. Something happened. And yeah. I feel like it was like she had to look at that every day. Because oh, it geez. used to go right towards my nose. Then they operated on it and it went out. Yeah. But the point is, I think just like my son has ADHD and I remember the doctor telling him, like, you know, or me, he was like, he has a higher IQ, but he can't demonstrate it. And so it's very frustrating for him that he can't Mm. like, but, and then you almost buy into like, I feel like my, my reading disability thing that I almost bought into like, well, I am dumb, but wait, I'm not, I'm not, but I'm, so it Mm. creates a little cognitive dissonance. Yeah. But maybe that also opens us up like being different, opened us up in a way that we wouldn't have opened up in a, you know, like, I don't know.
1: Suffering is grace.
0: (laughs) And people say like, if they have uh, one of my vision teachers, um, if you have an eye issue, or even uh, Brian Weiss, who does these past life regressions things, he's like kids that come with a di- and a disability is a broad brush. And I know that people with hearing impairment don't consider it a disability sometimes. So I apologize if I'm politically incorrect, but that if we come with a difference mm. that is noticeable, that yeah. that's like a that is like a soul that's ready to take on some bigger bigger stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, cool. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that the uh, the Inuit believe that kids that are cross-eyed are the visionaries. So I don't know. I, I like my vision therapist. My vision therapist told me that. So I maybe I just wanted to hear that. I was special. <laughs> I'm special. You are.
1: <laughs> um, no, We're that's all special
0: cool. though, right? Yeah. <sighs> but... Uh, is there, I was just, I keep going back to like the bit, you're you're saying the bit, you've got the basic for it, but what is the bit? Like that's where I want to show Oh, the
1: actual bits. Yeah.
0: Do you want me to play one?
1: This is an old, old bit. Okay. So it could be fun to play. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's weird. Everybody in my generation, prescription drugs, it's true go up to somebody in their late twenties, early thirties, just go, Hey, what meds are you on? They won't even flinch. Citalopram. Why well, you need some? And it all started with Ritalin. That's where it all started. If you grew up in the '80s, they put probably put you on Ritalin. That's how it worked. Just forced it on our parents. Just went up to where our parents, are like, "Hey, something wrong with your kid? What do you mean? <laughs> well, he doesn't want to sit at his desk eight hours a day."
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my God! What can we do? There's only one option. (laughs) We have to medicate him. Heavily. And now here I am. (laughs) Perfectly normal. Still on prescription drugs. I have to take pills all right, all. there you
0: go. Oh, I love God,
1: it. how horrible that is of an experience to play your bit into something. <laughs> I, seriously, I just started sweating. Did Really? Yeah.
0: Whoa. It's what bad. was going on? Fear? I
1: was embarrassed, yeah.
0: You're embarrassed?
1: Really embarrassed.
0: Well, tell me why. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good bit.
1: Well, I think part of it is because it is like, the, you know, I was a really young comedian at that point. You've
0: evolved so. a lot. Yeah, I think yeah, so. But it's still really good. Yeah. I, just, I love it. I mean, your timing, you just like, took your time. Well, he doesn't want to sit in his desk eight <laughs> hours at a time. I mean, it's just so like, you let it be.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Whew. The absurdity. Like flops. you going to be okay. Yeah. Need, here's tissue. You need to dab, <laughs> dab your forehead. I'll fan you. You're Isn't okay. is weird you're, how that
1: is? Yes. But if I'm on stage, no problem. But if I have to like play it, oh, it's Oh,
0: weird I know. There's certain things like, I, yeah. Sometimes I can watch myself and sometimes I cannot. I yeah. don't know. I have to get in the right place where it's like. Yeah self love and you are safe
1: sometimes i i'm i've been going through this thing with performing lately where or at, maybe not lately but something that's always been around but i'm becoming aware of it of like there are it's like i'm dual personality and sometimes when i'm in that one personality it does not wanna perform and it doesn't it's like turned off it's yep. like the last thing it wants to do the
0: muses aren't their muses aren't being channeled.
1: Yeah. And, and then the other side, you know, the other personality is like big and bright and wants to share and wants to, you know, be out, put out, put themselves out there. So it's a weird balance of this like dual personality. And I'm a Gemini. I don't know if you believe in any of that stuff, but yeah. I'm a Gemini and, you know, the twin and all the that. twin. Yeah.
0: Well, and there's, I'm doing a lot of inner family systems work, which is we have all these parts inside of us. Mm. I'm trying to figure out which part is my comedian. I think it's my inner teenager that's the comedian. So I definitely feel like I channel a lot of, but I'm trying <clears throat> to integrate it with the wisdom part yeah. with my adult self, which yeah. is just brand new, by the way. My adult self is brand <laughs> new. At yeah. this age, I'm just now starting to feel like I am an adult. Like not <laughs> most of the t- Like I can get there intermittently.
1: Well, it's beautiful house that you have, and (laughs) you've raised a kid, and you have a hot tub. I think having a hot tub (laughs) really—that's evidence.
0: (laughs) That's the proof. And yeah, I know there is a part of me that definitely shows up, but it might even be a. But anyway, there they say adult children. So this like the inner critical parent might be the one that's doing a lot of this work, Mm. and then. But I am starting to be more of an adult while I'm doing like feeling secure with it, not yeah. feeling scared. Cause there's a part of me like, this is too hard for me, you know? And oh, I go
1: through that all the time. Yeah. And so, I, have, I go through these stretches where I'm like, I just don't feel connected or great on stage. And then I go through these stretches where it's just like, everything's clicking and yeah. I'm excited and, and it shows. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And I just don't know how to quite, how to cultivate, what I need to cultivate, I think with it or, or do I need to give space to the other side more, you know, and, and let myself not be,
0: I think definitely at least give it voice and yeah. have, have like sit and journal with it maybe, or talk with it. However you connect with your inner parts. Mm-hmm. But do you, I am a codependent, so I'm not to offer advice without saying, would you like, I have an idea that just came to me that oh, might please, help. Please. Okay. What came to me and what has helped me so much is to focus on the service that I'm providing Ah. rather than meeting my needs in this Ah. moment. Sort of like when I had to clock in as a nurse, I didn't feel like doing that every day. I gotta be honest. And, but when I clocked in, it was an agreement that I have made that I'm here to serve you as a patient. This is not about me. And this is not, I mean, I I need to take that money home, Mm -hmm. but at this time when I've clocked in, so I don't know how that might help. If you clock in as a comedian and say, okay, that part of you, I hear you, mm-hmm. and I'm going to take care of you. And here's what, if you need, like, ask it what it needs and, t- and give it that when you're clocked out. Yeah. Like, I will give that to you when we're clocked out.
1: Ah, uh, I like that. But
0: I'm asking the, uh, the part of me to clock it. But also, it doesn't have to be work. That sounds too work-oriented. Mm-hmm. Like, service can be playful, but what has helped me? Let me just say what's helped me. Yeah, that sounds great. That's better than giving advice. I'm just saying, it's helped me to... Ask for this to be for the highest good, like behind the curtain. I've, uh, um, like, stated maybe an intention or something like that. Yeah. That's and then so cool. trust the muses. And like, I will, whatever. I don't yeah. know, get my ego out of it, I guess.
1: Yeah. Getting the ego out of it is so important because I go through it all the time. Even with the dosh, this last dosh show, I mean, God, I was pulling my hair out the whole week leading up longer than that, pulling out my hair. Like, what's this going to be? What am I even doing? Is this like, is this, is this irresponsible or is it unsafe? Is it all these, you know, every reason that my brain could come up with to try to keep me safe, yeah. you know, to not yeah. try. Right. Um, and to just overcome that constantly having to overcome that. Cause I do the same thing with stand up. I, I always have to overcome this like negative voice. And I really like what you just said about kind of channeling it in as this like higher power thing. Um, I've been reading this book. It's like a workbook. It's the artist way.
0: Oh yeah, I read that in the nineties. Yeah. It's timeless. I need to reread it. I love it. And it's a lot about pages. pages.
1: Yes. It's a lot about like
0: That's probably where I got it. I read it so long ago.
1: Changing all those negative like what those negative voices and what they're saying, like redirecting that into being like, No, I I am a channel for God's creativity. And, and I can be a channel for God's healing with my creativity.
0: Yes, I love yeah. this. I felt that. And yeah, I got yeah. little goosebumps. Yeah, That's yeah. my truth chills. That's <laughs> yeah. from higher power, just reflecting back to you. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. That's what
0: the Hawks do for me sometimes. Yeah. Just yes. And, you know, like, that was... Truth Chills also are just like, Hey, yeah,
1: you're on the right path. You got it. Yeah. And
0: thank you for reminding me about the artist way. I will put a link to that in the show notes as well, because that book I read on the road, I put 300,000 miles on my car in the nineties. Nice. Touring all over doing comedy. And I was doing the artist way. And so that was when it started for me. Yeah. Um,
1: I would love to talk to you about your road dog and day.
0: <laughs> yeah. Maybe when you, uh, you'll have me on your podcast when it starts again. Okay. We're going to wrap up this episode <laughs> of Dramedy, brought to you by psilocybin and love. <laughs> yeah. Our sponsors are psilocybin love and higher power.
1: Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Steve. Really Steven. Cool. Steven oh, I, I Stevie, already Steven. forgot.
0: I sure. like it. Stephen Gillespie.
1: Check me out on the internet, guys. I'm a comic. Gillespie is my Instagram and TikTok. And if you're interested in the Dose Comedy, Psychedelic Comedy Show, if you go to my Instagram, you'll find all kinds of information on it. Or or you can go to the Dose Comedy Show on Instagram. It's on there as well.
0: Oh, that's fantastic.
1: February, February will be the next one in Denver. So I we're doing can't... we're doing one in Seattle in February and <gasps> we're doing one in Minneapolis in March. And then we'll have more in Denver coming up. So
0: Fantastic. And you just did my job for me. Thank you so much. Yeah, that relieved me because I usually go back and I want to put all that stuff in the after talk. And I'm so glad you did that.
1: Well, you can cut mine off and do yours. No, I like yours. (laughs) I like yours
0: better because it was more succinct. So thank you, Stephen Gillespie.
1: Thank you. It was really fun. All
0: right. Peace and love.
1: Peace and love, guys.
0: I want to thank my guest, Stephen Gillespie, the great cosmic joker I can't sing enough praises for the Dose show. It was transformative. It changed my life. It was some sort of healing convergence at the new conscious. Cannot recommend it highly enough. Check it out if you are inclined. Psychedelics are not for everyone. Be your own guide on uh, psychedelics. I will say psychedelic therapy helped me break through things that I could not get to, even with EMDR and brain spottings. Changed my life again. I, I just got to say enough good things about it and things are going well here at Norton's Corner with my son and I want to thank him again for putting together this music loop for Tromedy and I want to thank you the listener I love your feedback we have so many exciting guests coming up we're coming in at the end of season one we've had 33 episodes we'll start season two in 2024 cannot tell you how excited I am about the guests that are coming up for Tromedy Tune in every Tuesday, a new episode, and take care of yourself this holiday season. In the longest night of the year is coming, and it's an intense time for everybody. So be gentle with yourself, light a candle, take a hot bath, put on some beautiful music, love yourself, treat yourself right, and no matter what, keep laughing. Find people that laugh with you, laugh with us. <laughs> I laugh with myself just right there. So peace and love, everybody. And we'll see you next Tuesday. Tramedy is a higher power production.